Welcome to our class on Chassidus. We're going to be learning a beautiful Chassidic discourse in the Rebbe. The name of the Chassidic discourse is called Pada B'Shalom. The Rebbe said this Chassidic discourse on the night before Tuesday, which that year, it was the 10th day of the month of Kislev, in the year Tafshin Mem Aleph, exactly 43 years ago. The Rebbe went on to certify and edit this Chassidic discourse in honor of the Chassidic holidays of Test, the ninth of Kislev, which is the birthday and the passing of the Mittler Rebbe, the second Chabad Rebbe, and also Yud Kislev, which is the anniversary of the liberation of the second Chabad Rebbe from prison for teaching and disseminating mysticism, and the, in that year, in Tafshin Memches, 36 years ago. So that's when the Rebbe went ahead and, and, this, and uh, a certified and edited the discourse and gave it out to the Chassidim to study and to learn. So again, the Chassidic discourse is based on the verse where it says in the prophets, "Pado b'shalom nafshi." King David says, "My soul was redeemed in peace, mikravli from those that were against me, kibirabim hoyuimadi, because there were many that were with me." That is the verse in Psalms. So the Rebbe brings from the Mitla Rebbe who is the celebrating his anniversary of his redemption from prison, in the Hasidic discourse with this with this verse, Padre B'Shalom Nafshi, and the verse that's printed in his book called Sharei Tshuva, The Gates of Repentance, and he explains as follows. When King David says, Padre B'Shalom, my, I was redeemed, but it didn't say I was just redeemed, I was redeemed in peace. In other words, what does that mean? That the redemption is a way that the enemy was totally nullified. And therefore, you don't need a war. You can be redeemed and there's a war. But here he's saying, it was redeemed in a way that it was with total peace. And similar. So just like it was in the days of King Solomon. As we know, in the days of King Solomon, all the nations of the world were nullified in reference to King Solomon. Without war. And that's why he, that's one of the reasons why his name is called Shlomo. Because Shlomo comes from the word of peace was in his days. Now, but even though, so the, in the days of King Solomon, Shlomo, there was tremendous peace. But nevertheless, that wasn't the ultimate. That wasn't the complete peace. And the ultimate and complete peace is going to be when Mashiach comes. Why? Because then all evil, all negativity is going to be totally nullified. And like it says in the prophets, in reference to when Mashiach comes, it says as follows, I'll say it in Hebrew, I'll translate it, Vesruach HaTuma Avimen Aretz, the, the spirit of, of impurity, Hashem is going to totally take away from the world. And therefore, like it says, when Mashiach comes, it's going to say, so the verse says, Vernaru Elav Kalagoyim, all the nations of the world are going to see the light of a Kadosh Baruch Hu. On its own. Why? Because you're going to have tremendous, you're going to have a tremendous revelation. There's not going to be any more evil. There's not going to be any more impurity. So that's in terms of the world. And the same thing applies to says in reference to the animal kingdom. Like it says in the prophets, They're not going to go do anything negative. They're not going to destroy. And like the prophet says something beautiful, The lion, which is usually devouring other animals, it's going to eat, it's going to eat a simple straw. And, and there was, you possibly can say, this that he brings in the verse, the, the middle brings the verse of the lion is going to eat just like any other animal is going to eat straw. So what do we see from here? That in the days of Mashiach, the completion that of, of when it says, Padre B'Shalom Nafshi is not only referring to the first level of Mashiach, 
where the peace is going to be more like you know on a on a, on a lower level, but it's going to be literally like the highest level of peace. And it's brought down and explained um, the uh, to to basically create some kind of clarity between the two different of opinions of where it says that uh, reference to Mashiach comes for Gaurizavim Keves that the wolf is going to lie with the lamb. So in the first level of Mashiach, the first stage of Mashiach, the Messiah coming, it's going to be more like an analogy. It's going to be peaceful, but the uh, and which is referring to the nations of the world, they're going to be they're not going to they're not going to do anything crazy. But on the other hand, but the second uh, second arrow of Mashiach coming is not just a, an analogy but it means literally that the animals are are basically going to want not to God forbid devour anything that's going to eat regular grass and regular 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 food without going ahead and, and, and devouring anything else so in other words before we go further so what's the bringing there is bringing this idea of Padre B'Shalom Nafshi is referring to <coughs> the ties of, 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 of Shlomo HaMelech when then there was peace in the world. But ultimately, there's even two higher levels of peace. One is the first stage of Mashiach coming, and the second one is the ultimate when 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 there won't be any evil in the world, which is obviously the highest level of peace. So now, Rebbe goes on to explain this idea that when the verse says, Nashi, that it was also in the times of King Solomon, and as we said, the ultimate is going to be when Mashiach comes, and and specifically when in the second stage, where it's going to be total 100% peace. So the Rebbe says we're going to understand this based on what's explained in the Hasidic Discourse, that even when a person learns Torah today, like today we're in Gullahs, we don't have yet the revelation of Mashiach yet, but even today you can be in Gullahs, there can be all crazy crazy things going out in the world, but when you sit down to learn Torah, you're creating Pad Abashalim. You're creating a, a redemption for your soul in total peace. Why? Why is that? Because the transformation that takes place by learning Torah, you're literally, and I'll say it in Hebrew because it's a very powerful concept, it's bechinas bitul hara be'etzim. When you sit down to learn Torah, you literally nullify, destroy evil in its core. Think about the power of Torah. Learning Torah like we're doing right now, you're literally eradicating evil to its core. And it's brought down in many places in Chassidus. The difference between learning Torah and praying. Why? Because when a person prays, that's your trend, you're trying to work with your animal soul, but that's combat. You war with the animal soul. Like it says in the Zoyar, Shas Tzalisa, Shas Kerva. The time of prayer, it's time of, 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 of uh, combat, a uh, soul to soul. However, the transformation that takes place when you're learning Torah, that's in the way of peace. Why is that? Because what's the difference between the transformation which takes place through war and the transformation that takes place through peace? Because when you when when there's transformation through war, you have to get involved in the in in, in the thing that you're trying to transform. However, when it's done in a peaceful way, so basically the person that's transforming stay you stay in your spot, but through bringing in the tremendous light uh, onto the thing you're trying to transform, it gets transformed automatically. So by prayer, you're you're dealing with the animal soul. There's a struggle. By learning Torah, you just bring in godly light, and uh, automatically everything goes away. And just like in the days of King Solomon, as we said, Shloima is constant peace. In his days of peace, and literally by his name, 
of King Solomon, his, it was heard all, all over the place, and people would go ahead and just come to him on its own. Like it brings, the Rebbe brings from the, from the famous story in the prophets about um, the, the Queen of Sheba, that um, she would hear, literally hear the name of Shlomo, and what did she do? She came to Jerusalem. And the same thing applies between the transformation of prayer and Torah study. In other words, by prayer, so the godly soul has to get involved with the animal soul. And as we know, that in order for the meditation of prayer should affect transformation of the animal soul, what has to happen is you have to think about ideas that the animal soul also can comprehend. So you're literally dealing with the animal soul. However, when you do the transformation through learning Torah, it happens automatically. Because when a person learns in Torah, this thing is permissible, this thing's prohibited, what happens then is the thing gets transformed on its own. So the Rebbe's teaching is a very powerful idea. This that we said, Paul of Shalom and Afshi, kings of King Solomon, the way he's coming in the future, when Mashiach comes, etc. Today, we have the power to create Paul of Shalom, redeeming ourselves in a peaceful way by learning Torah. Now, this that we learned, that the transformation takes place to learning Torah, there is a, is a difference between the transformation that takes place by learning the revealed part of the Torah, which is Mishnah, Talmud, etc., and the transformation that takes place by learning mysticism, the concealed part of the Torah. Why? Because when you're transforming something by learning the revealed part of the Torah, so what do you have to learn? You have to learn about things that you're trying to transform. And that's one of the reasons that the Torah was, speaks about physical things. Up to the point, it speaks of things that are prohibited. Up to the point, we you know, the Talmud deals with people saying false things. Why is that? Because you have to transform it. The only way to transform something which is prohibited and to transform someone speaking falsehood is when you learn it in Torah, you elevate it. Now, so this that, so, so this that the transformation that takes place through the, through, through the revealed part of the Torah. So obviously it's not in the same levels of the concealed part of the Torah. But on the other hand, we know that it's brought down and says that even when you transform through learning the revealed part of the Torah, it's also done in the way of peace. So why is that? And Rebbe explains, because even, even these ideas, things that are prohibited, and things, for example, false witnesses, etc., when you're learning about it in Torah, so even those fools are prohibited, in Torah it's truth. In other words, so since everything in Torah is called Dvar Hashem, everything in the Torah, even something which is false, even which is prohibited, it's the word of Hashem. And like, you know what it says, the word of Hashem, the words of Hashem is like fire, and just like fire consumes everything, and it doesn't get affected by it, so the same thing also, the words of Torah doesn't become impure. So in other words, the Torah, even when it's the revealed part of the Torah, and even it's dealing with prohibited things, even if it's dealing with full witnesses, Torah stands in its place, it's the word of Hashem, and the transformation happens automatically, but nevertheless. But you, so even though, yes, it, it accomplishes on a certain level, it's, it's in, a, in a way of peace, but nevertheless, you can't compare it to transformation of the revealed part of the Torah and even though, again, it's Tvar Hashem to the concealed part of the Torah. Why is that? Because when you transform something through the revealed part of the Torah, the mere fact that the Torah is talking about something physical, whether it's an animal, whether it's a falsehood, something which is prohibited, so the fact is it's a downgrade, so to speak. Now, yes, even though after it's downgrade, it's still Torah, it's Tvar Hashem. But it's still, 
it's still a down, downgrade, you have to deal with it. However, when you're dealing with the transformation of the concealed part of the Torah, Primius Torah, and since we know Primius Torah is called the Ilana Dechaya, it's the tree of life, which means it doesn't get involved in good and bad, so the transformation that takes place, it's not about getting involved and getting soaked up in the, in, the, in the materialistic part of it, in the gross part of it. And that's why the transformation that takes place in learning says like we're learning now, is a whole different level, it's a level what? Of peace. <clears throat> okay, so what we learned so far, the transformation through Torah is peace, and Torah makes a distinction between the revealed part of Torah and the concealed part of Torah. That again, even though the revealed part of Torah, yes, it's Tvar Hashem, etc., but you still have to deal with the world. However, Primius of Torah is a whole different level. It's a level where you, you're just dealing with godliness, with holy things. Ever since he liked to add, it's possible to add, that the difference between the revealed part of Torah and the concealed part of Torah, that the true level of peace and, 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 and contentment is specifically in the concealed part of Torah. It's not only about the thing that you're trying to transform when you're learning Torah, but even in the learning itself, the way you go about learning it. Why is that? Because when you learn, when you study in the revealed part of Torah, how does a structure of the Mishnah and the Talmud at work? There's a question and there's an answer. And you have a, an initial thought, and then you come to a deeper understanding, and you say, "No, no, that thought doesn't really apply here." Up to the point, there's certain expressions in the Talmud that says you're making a mistake. So the revealed, even the learning is the way I'm right, and you're right, and I'm wrong. You have a question, you have an answer, etc. And when you basically, when you knock out a previous idea that you thought was correct, it's on the level of where it says in King, in reference to King David, that one of the reasons why he couldn't build a temple is because the, the prophet says, Dam you spilled too much blood. So the same thing also applies in the world of intellect. When you're learning Torah and you say you're right and you're wrong, and this is right and wrong, it, it, it's, you're still, you're, the learning is in a way that it's involved with conflict. But where is the real peace? That's when you learn mysticism. Because in mysticism, there's no question and answer. There's no argument. It just takes you on to a Kabbalistic journey. And that's peaceful. That's, that, that's content. And there you can say that this difference between the revealed part of Torah and the concealed part of Torah is there was because of the way you study it. And it was in the revealed part of this questions and answers, you're right, you're wrong. And in mysticism, it's all about the godliness. So that's the reason why the transformation is totally different. Why? Because anytime you're dealing with something, you affect, you affect it in the way you approach it. So therefore, specifically in the concealed part of Torah, where there's no question, and there's no answer, and there's no argument. So therefore, the transformation takes place also in a way of peace and content. Now, Gerber goes on to say as follows. Even in the concealed part of Torah, so, so far we made a major distinction between the revealed part of Torah and concealed part of Torah in the way you study and the way the transformation takes place. But Gerber goes on deeper now to say that even in the concealed part of Torah, there's two ways of transformation as well. Why is that? Because when you study the, conce- the concealed part, and we're, go- we're going right now into the concealed part of Torah, there's two ways. In other words, the way when you study the concealed part of Torah, you have the way you use your mind, to understand it, comprehend it, meditate on it. So, and this level of the concealed part of we have that today. We study mysticism, we try to meditate, we try to comprehend it. But then you have a higher level, which is called, not comprehension, it's actually called vision, clarity, the way you see it. 
which is above understanding. At this level of vision, clarity, seeing, that's going to be when Mashiach comes in the future. And as we know, that when Mashiach comes, he's going to teach the concealed part of Torah to all the Jewish people, but in what way? Not comprehension, but in vision. You'll have clarity. Now, what's the difference between comprehension, understanding, and vision? Because when you understand something, even though it's a very, very clear understanding, but it's possible, because it's understanding, when you have a question, it can become weak a little bit, or you can change. However, when there's vision, when there's clarity, even if you can ask any question you want, the most strongest questions, you're not going to have a doubt. You saw it. That's the way it is. Now, why is that? Because when a person understands something intellectually, so what happens then is it's actually an addition to you. There's me. Ah, I understand, so to speak, something else. But when you see something, it gets ingrained and it gets carved within your internal psyche and literally becomes part of who you are. And because it becomes part of who you are, there is no difference. Now, just to recap, so what the Rebbe is saying is like this, and even in the concealed part of the Torah, there's two levels of learning. One is comprehension, and yes, even the clarity of comprehension, but there's still room to question and to create a weakness in their understanding. However, when it comes to Ria, seeing it, which is going to be like Mashiach comes, over there, that's the ultimate in peace. So based on this, the Rebbe explains that this idea that, we, that King David says, that my soul was redeemed in peace, also, even though it, in, it also applies in the days of King Solomon. However, the completion is going to be like we said, when Mashiach comes. And in Mashiach itself, it's going to be the second level of total peace. So whatever it says, you can say that these three levels of peace, what are the three levels of peace? In the t- t- days of King Solomon, in the first period of a Mashiach coming, and the second period, three different areas. King Solomon, the first level of Mashiach, and the second level of Mashiach coming, is it corresponds to the three level of Torah. The revealed, the concealed understanding, and the concealed of vision. In other words, this that, in reference to King Solomon, what does it say? That the Queen of Sheba heard about King Solomon. She heard about the name of Solomon. And so what does it mean she heard? She heard the name of Solomon. Name in Hebrew is shame. Shame, what's a shame? It's only like a ray. And it literally, that ray reached the Queen of Sheba. In other words, King Solomon was in his place in Jerusalem, and his name went out, and it reached King, the Queen of Sheba. Now, anytime you have something that goes from one place to the other, it gets weaker. It's not as, sh- as strong as in its source. So the same thing also applies to transformation, that even after the Queen of Sheba heard about King Solomon, she wasn't transformed, she had to come to Jerusalem. And to travel from the Queen of Sheba to, 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 to King Solomon in Jerusalem, it took, it took a lot of time, a lot, a lot of effort. And the, only then when she came and she saw, then she was transformed. Just like the transformation that takes place through the revealed part of Torah. So the Rebbe's giving the example. The transformation of King Solomon is just like the transformation of the revealed part of the Torah. We're, we're over there, even though, yes, it was a powerful light, but she had to come, she had to travel, and then she was transformed. The same thing also through learning the revealed part of the Torah, you have to go through the process. However, what's the second level? The, the transformation that takes place when Mashiach comes. What's going to happen then? The infinite light. I'll say it in Hebrew. The infinite light 
of Hashem, of before the Shem, so before Hashem is the first contraction. And that level of light is all over equal, because it's so powerful. And because that light's going to be revealed, so the transformation is going to take place, because you have this powerful light. But not that the light's going to get involved and internalized in the world. And the, the world is going to be transformed. In other words, the light's going to shine all over the place. And that's why it says, when Mashiach comes, Oz Amim. That means all the nations of the world, the way, where they are and how they are, they're all going to go ahead and, and they're going to, of the Shechem, they're all going to serve one Hashem. Now, so again, in the times of Mashiach, the light's going to be revealed, and that's going to cause people to be transformed. But that, but but in here, Rebbe makes a distinction between the first period of Mashiach coming and the second period of Mashiach coming. In the first period of Mashiach coming, the world is not going to change. The world is going to stay the way it is. In other words, the revelation of God in this world, why is, it, why is God going to be revealed? Because the, God's going to reveal the infinite light, which is shines all over. But not that the world is going to get transformed, because the world's going to stay the way it is. The world is going to operate just like before, but the whole world's going to recognize that God in the world. And therefore, the rev- this revelation that, w- that the world and the people are going to have, and we're going to accept God, it's going to be like, we're going to say who we are, but we're going to accept God. Two different entities. And it was just like, when you understand and comprehend mysticism, so there's me, and I comprehend godliness. And because it's me, and I comprehend, so it's a, it's a secondary to me, it's possible it can get weak. So that's a sec, that's a sec, the, the, the second level is the first period of before Mashiach comes, where God's going to be revealed. That's like the first part of, of studying mysticism, where yes, I understand that I comprehend it, but again, it's, it's something secondary to me. However, in the second period of Mashiach coming, uh, then the world, the physical world's going to be changed. So you can say that the revelation in the world and the fact that the whole world is going to accept godliness is going to become part of our nature and part of our nature and part of the world itself. And that's more like the the second level of, of, of revelation when Mashiach comes of seeing godliness. And that's going to become part of who we are. Now, these three insights, these three levels of Padre Shalom Nafshi, now, since the fact that it's not three different verses, it's one verse. In one verse, you have the three different levels. King Solomon, the first period of Mashiach, the second one, the revealed part of Torah, the concealed part of understanding, and the concealed part of, of, of the vision. So they're all connected to the same verse. So because they're all part of the same verse, there must be a connection between them. And they come so to speak as, 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 as they're all coming from the same place. So what does that mean? So besides the fact that all the levels, all the three levels are in Torah, and like Jeremy gives an example, just like when it comes to prayer. So we know when it comes to prayer, there's different types of prayers. There's a prayer of during the week, where you're dealing with the physical world. Then there's the prayer of Shabbos. And the prayers on Shabbos are different than during the week. Like during the week, we ask for our needs, our physical stuff, etc. The prayer of Shabbos is more about a peaceful, a peaceful prayer. But nevertheless, even though it's a peaceful prayer, it goes into the category of prayer. The same thing also in reference to Torah. That even the revealed part of Torah, we get some involved in the world is also Torah. So again, on one hand you have this, this three different levels in Torah, but on the other hand it's all Torah. On the same thing with prayer, you have different levels of prayer during the week in Shabbat, but on the other hand it's all prayer. So the, the, back to the point, Shabbat says, all these three levels of Torah, the revealed part, 
the concealed part of the standing, concealed part of vision, it's all one. And therefore, even when a person learns Torah today, and again, we're talking about the revealed part of Torah, through learning Torah today, even the revealed part of Torah, we merit the Torah of Mashiach comes, which of the highest level of vision, like it says clearly, when you're going to come with the Torah in your hand. So the point I was making is, again, even though there's three levels, but since they're all connected, if you learn the revealed part of Torah, or if you learn mysticism on the set, on the first level of comprehension, it's all connected, and that will bring about the ultimate revision where Mashiach is going to come and teach us mysticism on a level of seeing. Now, Adam says he liked to say this, maybe even a step deeper, that even the level of, of, of redemption, which is not through peace, but it's done through war, but since it's called redemption, so in other words, there's redemption through peace, and redemption through war. But since even redemption of war is called peace, is called redemption, so it's also connected to the idea of redemption of peace. Up until the highest level, like when Mashiach comes. And like it says, like it says in, 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 the, in, in, in the Talmud clearly, that Milcham, I'll say in Hebrew because there's a very powerful teaching in the Rebbe, Milcham Nami that war is also the beginning of redemption. What do you mean? If war has it redemption, because the fact is that ghoul is called on, you know, from war you go to redemption. So obviously that the war is also part of the redemption. So even a Padilla, even a redemption through war, is connected to the highest level of peace. So based on this, Rebbe explains, uh, he liked to explain deeper the connection of the redemption of the tenth of Kislev of the middle of the Rebbe, the second Chabad Rebbe, and Yutas Kislev of the first Chabad, of the first Chabad of the Alta Rebbe, to, to connect it to what? The idea of Padre B'Shalom Nafshi. Why? Because seemingly, the Rebbe says, one second, we all know the way things went down. In A, in the redemption of the Alta Rebbe, and it's B in the redemption of the of the of the middle or the second Chabad Rebbe, because there was there was areas over there that, that required tremendous iskafia restraint, and you had to have tremendous in, in the uh, in, um, uh, different ways of trying to create the the, the, the freedom. It wasn't just it just didn't happen through peace. In other words, ways of war. And when, nevertheless, you connect the war of trying to get out the Alter Rebbe in the middle of with the idea of Padre B'Shalom Lamshi. And, like, on the other hand, so one hand was saying that we see there was an effort, and the other hand you're saying Padre B'Shal Nafshi is connected to, to, to all peace up to the highest level of peace. Shabbat says he'd like to explain this, that the truth is all levels of redemption, even war is connected to the highest level of Padre B'Shal, the highest level of peace, the way it's going to be like Mashiach comes. How is that? Never explains like this. Rebbe explains based on what the what the Mittler Rebbe, who was celebrating his anniversary of, of going out of prison, in the Hasidic discourse of Padre B'Shalom Nafshi, and he explains it on a very, very practical level. In other words, what does it mean on a practical level, on a personal level? That the redemption of the godly soul from the exile in, with the animal soul is in a way of peace. In a way that the animal soul is not going to go ahead and oppose it. How do we create that we should have the redemption, even a way of war is done in peace. And Derek says, when we do our spiritual work in a way of mysterious nefesh, we're going on self-sacrifice, but in mysterious nefesh itself, it has to be the mysterious nefesh of, we know there's five parts of the soul, nefesh, ruach, neshama, chaya, and yechida. So the mysterious nefesh has to be on the level of yechida, the highest and the deepest part of the soul. And when a person goes on self-sacrifice, 
if it's not from Yechida, let's even say it's one level down, and it's Chai, so it's Mesiris Nefesh, but then what happens is then the animal soul is practicing restraint. But when you go ahead and Mesiris Nefesh from Yechida, then there's no animal soul, totally gets nullified. So based on that, the Rebbe says, he likes to explain the connection of the redemption in a way of war, which is basically the level of Mesiris Nefesh of Chai, and lower the spiritual work of nefesh, ruach, and neshama of the soul, to get with the idea of redeeming our soul in the highest level of yichida. Why? Because the fact is, Rebbe says, on every single level, in a concealed way, what do you have in every level? You have the mysterious never the self-sacrifice of the deepest level of yichida. And like the altar explains in Tanya, that when a person learns Torah, and when a person does a mitzvah, and a person prays, it's literally, even you can say it's you're learning Torah, using your mind. You're doing a mitzvah, a physical thing, and you're praying, it's your heart. But the altar says, no, no, every one of these, you have the idea of mysterious nefesh. You have the component of giving over your life. Why? Because what is the true idea of mysterious nefesh? We're, what is mysterious nefesh? Not chai. The ultimate mysterious nefesh is yechida. The essence of your soul is shining. So in other words, therefore, so what happens is when you're learning Torah, and you're doing mitzvahs. And even simple things of learning Torah and doing mitzvahs. Like, for example, like, uh, here we give an example. Let's say the Torah wasn't given, you would still, you would, you would still learn laws of modesty and so on and so forth. So in there, in simple acts, you can infuse it with mysterious nefesh of Yechida. Anything you do. What, what is the underlying force, self-sacrifice of which part of your soul, the deepest part of your soul? Now, only there was a step further. Even when you sit down to learn Torah, how do you learn Torah when you, as an introduction, you start off by saying, Nasa Lishma. I'm going to do, and then I'm going to learn Torah. Like, the Kibbeva brings the verse, too much Yisharim Tanchein, the simplicity of, 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 of innocent people, that will lead the way. In other words, by going ahead before you learn Torah, you say, Nasa, I'm ready to do it. What, what does that represent, Nasa? That is Mesir Nefesh, that you're accepting, not only accepting what you're learning, but you're accepting Kaddish Baruch Hu, which is higher than the acceptance of the specific mitzvah. Where does a person come from that he's ready to Nasa before he has, before he learns? And that comes from the acceptance of the essence of the soul, which is higher than all the revealed parts of the soul, which is based on the idea of what? Amichida. Now, <clears throat> even though this idea of Mysterious Nevesh, giving yourself all totally over to Hashem, which is explained at length in this discourse of the middle of the Rebbe, what does that mean? That all my wills, my personal wills go away, and up to the point that everything is equal. There's no, this is higher, this is lower, this is more. No, no. Whatever Hashem wants, he and any, I'm ready to do it. Shabbat says that you can say that the truth is that even all the levels of Messiah's Nefesh is really all one. And like Jerry gives an example where it's known in reference to Gira, to being in awe of Hashem. What is the idea of you're in awe of Hashem? Awe of Hashem means you're accepting. There's no me. Whatever Hashem wants. So therefore, all the levels of being in awe of Hashem, it's really all one. So the same thing also applies to, 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 to the acceptance of Messias Nefesh. It's all about not me and accepting whatever Hashem wants. And on the contrary, there says, since the acceptance of Messias Nefesh is, where does that come from? It comes from the essence of my soul. And not by the acceptance of, of an awe of Hashem, which is only one part, awe. Messias Nefesh, the bittle, that's, that's my whole being is accepting Hashem. So this idea that all the levels is really, really one, 
is even deeper than the, in the example that we use from, from being an Orvashem. Because by or it's, it's one, one idea of being an Orvashem. Mysterious Nevis Abitol, totally, it's all about, totally, it's all about Hashem. And Rebbe says he liked to explain this based on a, a, on a simple parable from, from the kingdom in this world. In other words, when a person enlists in the army, even though he didn't serve yet in the army, and even though he wasn't in the war yet, what happens when he enlists in the army? He totally gives himself over, and he's not in charge anymore. Whatever the army tells him, that he's going to do. So the same thing also on a spiritual war. That we know that the Jewish people are civil Hashem. Like it says in the Torah clearly, we're in the army of Hashem. And this that every single Jew has, the fact that he's willing to accept anything Hashem wants. And like it's, the Rebbe says, it's known the famous uh, saying that a Jew is a Kabbalah's only. What is a Jew? He accepts. That is a Jew. A Jew, ultimately, when it comes to learning Torah, doing mitzvahs and praying and giving charity, wherever it may be, you accept. Whatever is needed, he named I'm here. And by, 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 being a, by being a Kabbalah's Olnik, which means you're accepting, that's how you enter in Hashem's army. And by, by, by entering Hashem's army, you're giving yourself over. Hineni, God, what do you want from me? You want me to pray? I'm here. You want me to study? I'm here. You want me to do mitzvot? I'm here. You want me to give charity? I'm here. You want me to love everybody? I'm here. Hineni. And this giving over is connected to what? Mysterious nefesh. Which part? From the yechidah, from the highest part of your soul on the highest level. So in other words, by basically going on a serious nefesh, giving yourself over, you connect to the highest levels, even though it's a malchama, even though it's war. But what's the introduction? It's all about giving yourself over to Hashem. So based on this, Shabbat says, he'd like to explain what it's brought down in Talmud Yerushalmi, in the Jerusalem Talmud. Based on the verse, Padre B'Shalem Nafshi, I redeem my soul in peace. So the Talmud says, what is it referring to? It's referring to the people of, 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 of Shalom who was against King David but they went ahead and they prayed for King David the opposition prayed for King David so the Rebbe says one second what we learned before that that what is part of B'Shalim what does it mean to redeem my soul in, in peace it's referring to learning Torah however prayer is war we said it's combat the godly soul the animal soul but what happened with, 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 with the people of Ashalim? They prayed in reference to a word of Shalom. Here we're saying it's Paul Bashalom Nashi, the, the, the Jerusalem Talmud says it's, it's, it's the people of Ashalom that prayed. What do you mean? Peace is all about Torah, not praying. That's question number one. There was also we have to understand in reference to the uh, redemption of the first Chabad Rebbe on Yutuskhev slave, together with the, which is connected to the idea of Paul Bashalim. The fact is, Rebbe says, the redemption of the Alter Rebbe was, like he writes in his, in his holy letters, when I read in, the, in Psalms, um, and the, the verse, Padre Shalom Nafshi, there was one second, reading in Psalms. Now, even though Psalms is one of the 24 books of the Torah, but the fact is, reading the Psalms is a prayer. And like it says clearly in the prophets, in the name of Zerus Yisrael, that the, it's called, it's called, it's, it's called Zmira, which is connected to prayer. And especially like we know from the stories of the different Kabbalah ra- ra- uh, rabbis, that the redemption of the Alter Rebbe came through the fact of the prayers of his students and his chassidim and anyone that followed his path. And this redemption that comes through prayer is what? A time of prayer is time of war. And it came, but when he said the words, Padre So, um, so on one hand, we're saying it's Torah is only that brings peace. But on the other hand, we're saying everything came through prayer, which is which which is basically a war. So, Rebbe explains and he says as follows: the whole idea of learning Torah, 
and doing mitzvahs, what we learned before, it's all about mysterious nefesh. I'm giving myself over to, to Hashem. Like the, like the author says in Tanya. So therefore, prayer is also peace. Prayer is also peace. Why? And, and there's on the contrary, that because it's connected to, to mysterious nefesh, and mysterious nefesh is more in prayer, more than Torah. This component of giving yourself over to Hashem, which creates the ultimate peace, is more in prayer than Torah. Why? Because what this idea we say that Torah is mysterious nefesh, where, where, is, where do you feel the experience of you giving yourself over to Hashem when you're learning Torah? That's that you do before you start learning Torah. Before you start learning Torah, you say it's Hashem's Torah, and you give yourself over to Hashem. And matter of fact, when you learn for many, many hours, you have to, yeah, you, so you get distracted, you can start thinking your own ideas, you have to go back and meditate. Oh my gosh, I'm learning now Hashem's Torah. You bring yourself focused, because otherwise you can start coming up with ideas where aren't necessarily in line with God's. So if you're very, very involved in learning, every once in a while you stop and say, oh my gosh, I'm learning Hashem's Torah. So that, in reference to what Torah? Now, and so when is the when do you think about it before you're learning Torah, or if you're learning for a long time, you take breaks. But while you're learning, when you're trying to comprehend and understand your learning, you don't feel the ultimate acceptance of Hashem. And on the contrary, like it says, who are the leaders of Jewish people, the rabbis? And we know the Torah <coughs> it, it creates a certain energy. However, when it comes to prayer, what how, how do you have to be? In prayer, the um, the energy is ka'avde kamimori. You're standing like a like a like a servant in front of Hashem, which is ultimate acceptance, the ultimate of a service nefesh. So, in other words, even though prayer, yes, seems like it's combat, but really, pr- prayer is all about giving yourself over to Hashem. So, based on that, there explains that specifically <coughs> in our spiritual work now. In the times before Mashiach coming becomes, and we know before Mashiach comes, what does it say in the prophets? The darkness is going to cover up the whole world. So specifically in this darkness, we have the power to come to greatest revelations of what's going to be like Mashiach comes. Why is that? Because specifically in, in the times that we're living right now, when you have to deal with sparks of holiness that fell down to places which are totally impure. And you have to transform bitterness to sweetness and darkness to light. And there's times that unfortunately you have to go out from the four cubits of learning Torah or from the four cubits of of praying and to leave, for example, the the synagogue and leave the houses of Torah. And like like it says in in, in the code of the Jewish law, you have to deal with the world, you have to deal with reality of life. But nevertheless, nevertheless, specifically through the work today, in the darkness of exile, we have the power to bring the the future redemption. And when Mashiach comes, we know what's going to be fulfilled is, like the prophet says, the Atem Tulukdu Li Echad Echad. Every one of us are going to be taken. Every single one of the Jewish people, all the Jewish people, and with our silver and with our gold, and with all the holy sparks of holiness, which are connected to us, and also are connected to the silver and gold, literally. Why is that? Because the work that we do now in exile, we have, we have as, 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 as a, 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 a primer, at the total mysterious nevers, giving ourselves over to Hashem. And like it's known, the teaching of the Alter Rebbe, and explained in length, 
in the Chassidic discourses of the of the of, of the previous Rebbe, based on the verse where it says in reference to Moshe Rabbeinu. So it says that the man Moshe Rabbeinu was so humble from anyone in the world. In other words, Moshe Rabbeinu's humility was, as we know, Moshe is true and his Torah true, was specifically when when he looked into the times before Mashiach comes and he saw the self sacrifice of our generations. That even though it's so dark and so many challenges and so many struggles, but nevertheless we learn Torah, we do mitzvahs, and like it's like it says in the beginning of the code of the Jewish law, Al Aligim, not to be embarrassed from anyone that makes fun of the fact that we have a beautiful relationship with Kaddish Baruch Hu, and by doing that, that will bring to fulfillment of the prophet and the prophecy where it says, that those humble people will be gathered to Hashem with tremendous joy. And what type of joy, the Rebbe says? An everlasting joy. And a, the joy of the redemption, the true redemption, the complete redemption, which is going to come specifically by spreading the wellsprings of Chassidus, like we're doing now, we're teaching Torah all over the world, and in a way that we're going to be redeemed. And the way that we're going to redeem them peace without any effort up until the promise is going to be fulfilled. That the nations of the world are going to, are going to serve us and they're going to take care of us and they're going to bring all the Jewish people. They're going to bring a present Hashem in, in, in pure vessels. And the represents is going to happen very, very soon. Literally in these last days of exile and afterwards, right away, and the complete way we're going to have the true redemption, the complete redemption through Mashiach Tzidkenu Bimheira V'yameinu Mamash. So here we have another powerful, beautiful Chassidic discourse in the Rebbe about the real power of peace and the real power that ultimate peace is through learning Torah, whether it's revealed part of Torah, Chassidus, on the level of understanding, seeing, etc. But ultimately, by, by creating a, a, a peace in everything, our sense, which is through mysterious nefesh of our yechida. We go self-sacrifice from the essence of our soul, which is embedded into, into Torah study and mitzvahs and prayer. That will ultimately bring bring the ultimate redemption, and we'll be we united together with Mashiach Tzidkenu. And like Rebbe says, we'll go out of Gullus, and God willing, our next class will be in Yerushalayim, Ir Hakodesh. Have a great and blessed week. Shavua Tov.